You're listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 87 of Tax Talks. This is Michael Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. When a member dies, the remaining super balance for this member has to go somewhere. It can't just stay there forever. It has to go to somebody else. And this somebody else is often or usually another member in the fund. But when that happens, how would it affect this receiving member's total superannuation balance and transfer balance account? Meg Heffron is the technical advisor at Heffron SMSF Solutions and a thought leader in the SMSF industry. So I asked Meg whether she could please tell us what happens when a member dies. And she kindly said yes. Here's Meg. Total superannuation balance now plays a really vital role in determining whether or not someone can make a non-concessional contribution. So it's worth thinking about when total superannuation balance might change. And one of the scenarios in which it definitely will change is if someone inherits superannuation from another person, like a spouse, as a pension. So a classic example might be Jane has $1.2 million in her own pension already. Her husband, John, has a pension of $1.6 million He dies, Jane inherits the pension automatically. It's a reversionary pension. What that means is Jane's total superannuation balance has straight away gone from 1.2 million, what she had, to 2.8 million, the sum of both her original pension and the one she's just inherited from John. It goes up immediately because that pension's now hers. If the pension wasn't reversionary, then the trustee might decide to pay it to her, in which case it would add to her total superannuation balance then, but not straight away. So it's whenever that money becomes hers. And then we have to think about, well, how does that play into whether Jane can make contributions? So let's say at the beginning of 30 June 18, the balances were exactly as I've just described. And then John dies, let's say in December 18. And we're wondering, well, can Jane contribute between December and June? So the important thing to remember is her contributions are only affected by what her total super balance was at 30 June 18. Now, back then, John was still alive. She hadn't inherited his pension. So her total super balance was only 1.2 million. So that means for the rest of 1819, Jane can still make contributions. Where things will be very different is the following year, because the following year we care about what her total super balance was at 30 June 19. Well, by then... She's got John's pension and her own. So we're talking 2.8 million as her total super balance. At that point, she's highly unlikely to be able to make non-concessional contributions. And the reason I highlight that it affects total super balance immediately is because for the last 12 months, maybe two years, we've been really focused on this other acronym, transfer balance cap or transfer balance account, also inconveniently a $1.6 million number, And we've had drummed into our heads that when Jane inherits John's pension, it doesn't count for her transfer balance account until 12 months down the track, which is absolutely true. But that's only relevant for her transfer balance account. For her total super balance, it happens straight away. I didn't know that. Thought she had 12 months. 
She has 12 months for her transfer balance account, which is why she can just continue John's pension for a bit without worrying about whether she's got too much in pension phase. So she has her own pension and she has the one she's inherited from John, $2.8 million. Both of them can run along for 12 months with her transfer balance account. What she'll have to do before the 12 months is up is do something to make sure she goes back down to only one6 six in pension phase. And there's a whole host of calculations around that. When it comes to thinking about how much she can contribute, it's already in her total super balance. So as soon as 30 June 19 rolls around, it'll affect her ability to contribute for 1920. John dies on the 31st of December 2018, but that doesn't affect her yet because her total superannuation balance is assessed as of 30th of June. So she can still contribute full 100,000 for 1819, but then on the 30th of June 2019, she has been hit with John's total superannuation balance, and so then, therefore, she can't contribute anymore. That's right. And look, and understanding that's really important because oftentimes these days when one member of a couple dies, if they had a very large superannuation entitlement, some of it might have to be cashed out of superannuation. So in Jane and John's case, if John had also had an accumulation account, let's say it was $400,000, then that money is going to have to come out. Jane's going to be able to, with some fancy footwork and good planning, she's going to be able to leave her own money in super and all of John's pension, but she's going to have to cash out John's accumulation account. Wow. So just because you can't leave a death benefit in super unless it's as a pension and she won't be able to leave it in as a pension long-term because she's going to have John's pension using up all of her transfer balance account. So given that she's going to have to take money out, it's exactly the time when she wants to know that she can also put it in if she wants to. So she could take the 400000 from John's accumulation account out of super, and then as long as she does it quickly, before the 30th of June 19, she can put it straight back in again, or put 300000 of it straight back in again. Now, we'd have to do the usual tests. So yes, she's under the one point. Six million, so she can make non-concessional contributions at 30 June 18. She's also under 1.4 million, so she can do the three-year bring forward. And let's assume she's under 65, so she can make a contribution. She can make a contribution And no matter whether she meets the work test or not. If she's under 65. So providing all of those planets align, she can take the money out of super that she's going to have to take out anyway and put $300,000 of it back in key point I think it's easy to forget is the inheritance she gets from John in the form of a reversionary pension is her money and it's a superannuation entitlement immediately. So it will count towards her total super balance immediately, but it won't affect her ability to contribute until the next financial year. And it's treated quite differently to her transfer balance account, where there'll be no impact on her transfer balance account for another 12 months. Until the 31st of December 2019. That's right, 12 months after John's died, because it was a reversionary pension. So yes. the special rules that those pensions come with is the pension can just keep running, but it doesn't affect her transfer balance account for 12 months. Disregarding all caps, could Jane move the $400,000 accumulation she receives on John, could she move that into her accumulation account or could she move that into her pension account? So she can't move it into her own accumulation account. The trustee could start a pension for her with it. And again, this is where this whole caps thing becomes really interesting. So 
if the trustee said, Jane, we're going to give that money to you as a pension, immediately it becomes her money. So it affects her total super balance. So now her total super balance is up to 3.2 million. We don't care yet. It's not going to affect her ability to contribute until next year. And the immediate question might be, hang on a tick, how can she possibly have $3.2 million all in pensions? Isn't everybody limited to 1.6? The reason she can is because if you think about it at the moment, all that's been assessed against her transfer balance account might have been the $1.2 million she started with on the 1st of July 2018. So when John dies, we know $1.6 million from his pension is going to be added to her transfer balance account, but not yet, not for another 12 months. So at the moment, she's still sitting on only one point two. So if the trustee said to her, Jane, we're going to start a pension with $400,000, reported that off to the tax office, as far as the tax office is concerned, she's got $1.2 plus $400,000, $1.6 in her transfer balance account. She's still right at the relevant cap for that 1.6 million. So she has this weird period for 12 months where she can actually have a whole heap of money in pension phase. She just has to do something about it to fix all of that up within the next 12 months. In 12 months time, for example, she knows that the tax office is going to add another $1.6 million to her transfer balance account because that's what's going to come from John's pension. So she'll have to do two things. She'll have to stop her own pension now, that pension can just go back to an accumulation account in her name. She's not allowed to do that, though, with the little pension she started from John's accumulation account. That'll have to come out. So she'd have to do a commutation of that pension, pay it out in cash or via assets to herself as, as the beneficiary. She needs those two transactions to add up to $1.6 million because otherwise she's going to have an excess. The trustee of John's super fund will either pay the 400000 to Jane's private bank account or can they also pay it directly into her super fund account? Right. So I'm assuming they're both in the same SMSF. And so the trustee would say, well, I've got a $400,000 balance here that I, I have to do something with. Either I'm going to pay it out to Jane or some other eligible beneficiary like John's estate into their private bank account. It's going to leave the superannuation system and be paid out as a death benefit. Or I can use it to start a pension for someone. In this case, the only person who would be eligible probably is Jane. So the trustees really only got those two options. Either they get it out of the superannuation system and give it to a beneficiary's personal bank account, or they use it to start a pension and only a limited number of people are allowed to have a pension from John Super. His wife is, but not, for example, other family members like adult children. It's really only his wife or minor children mm. that can have a pension. That's the $400,000 taken care of. Now the $1.6 million comes and that, if it's a reversionary pension, you immediately have a new ABP set up for Jane? It's actually a continuation of the old pension. So so it's not new in the sense that from a how much money do we need to take out of it to meet the minimum pension payments this year, from that perspective, it's just running seamlessly all year. So if at the start of the year you calculated that John was required to take $64,000 out of that pension 
and he hadn't taken any before he died, then Jane would just have to make sure she took $64,000 out of it before the 30th of June. If he'd taken it all already, she wouldn't have to take anything more. A pension just continues seamlessly. I see. So it's like you have a bucket and you just put a different name on the bucket. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. And Jane would now have two buckets. She'd have her own pension and she'd have this other one she's inherited from John. And then she might also have the third bucket, which was the accumulation money turned into a pension. Absolutely. That's right. And then comes the 31st of December and then she needs to deal with everything. She needs to get her transfer balance account down to 1.6 million. That's right. And when I say get it down, just before the 12-month anniversary of John's death, it is at 1.6 million. She's got the 1.2 from her own pension and the 400,000 from the new one we started from John's accumulation account. So at the day before the anniversary, everything looks fine. We know, though, tomorrow another 1.6 is going to arrive. So what Jane would do is look to have a minus 1.6 first. So she commutes her pension into accumulation. That's but right. then she needs to cash out the 400,000 because the 400,000 was the death benefit. That's right. So she also commutes that one. But when she commutes it, one of the options she doesn't have is to just sit it back in accumulation phase. She actually has to pay it out. Mm. Now, sometimes asset values will have moved and, and she won't have quite enough money in those accounts. Like let's say her pension ticked along, but it was only worth $1.1 at the time she needed to do that. So now if she cashes out 400000 and rolls $1.1 back to accumulation phase, she's only subtracted $1.5 If she did nothing else, the very next day when John's $1.6 arrived she'd have a problem, she'd have an excess. So she'd have to take an extra bit from the reversionary pension she got from John. So she might take another $100,000, cash that out of super. She'd be reporting that off to the tax office as a commutation from a pension she owns. So it would be another minus 100 from her transfer balance account, which would make the numbers stack up. The very next day, we'd still have 1.6 million from John's pension added to her transfer balance account, even though it might have more or less than $1.6 million in it at the time. If Jane's investment did really well, and so her TBA was $1.6 million, but her TSB was actually $2 million now, and she converted the whole $2 million, then she would get a $2 million minus to her transfer balance account. This probably sounds very confusing That's right. now. So she wouldn't do that, would she? So sometimes the numbers will work out differently. Let's say Jane's pension and that, that she always had, her own pension, and the pension she got from John's accumulation balance, let's say they'd gone up in value. So maybe she originally had $1.2 million, but 12 months after John's death, it's worth $1.4. John's accumulation account that she turned into a pension for her has gone from $400,000 to $600,000. So now she's actually got a total of $2 million divided between two pensions. The day before 12-month anniversary of John's death, she needs to commute enough to get a minus $1.6 million in her transfer balance account. So she could, if she wanted, completely switch off her own pension, $1.4 million. That'll give her a minus $1.4 million. Then she only needs to cash out $200,000 from her other pension that she got from John's accumulation account. Adding those together, she'll be fine on the transfer balance account, but she'll still have $400,000 sitting in that little pension that we got from John's accumulation account, and that's absolutely fine. Nobody marries up how much she got from each source. All the law cares about is has she switched off $1.6 million worth of pension 
because that's what she needs to do before the $1.6 million from John hits her transfer balance account. So now her transfer balance account is sorted. Her total superannuation balance is more than 1.6, but that doesn't matter. The, it, the only effect is that she can no longer make any more non-concessional contributions. That's right. Yes. It's not illegal. So so whereas we have to worry if her transfer balance accounts is more than $1.6 she'll get nasty letters from the tax office telling her she's got to take some money out of pension phase. It's not illegal to have a big total super balance. It just affects her ability to make contributions in the future. Yes, because a high total superannuation balance just means you, you might have done well Absolutely. With your investments. That's right. How do you keep track that the 400000 came from an accumulation account? You know, when Jane receives the $400,000 from John's accumulation accounts and turns it into a pension, how do you keep track of Yes, so you have to keep track of the fact that it's a death benefit because she's got fewer choices with that particular pension than she has with her own pension. So you just have to record in your files or on your software that this money is actually a death benefit. It's a death benefit that's been used to provide a pension to you. It's not your own super. And so it's very important that it sits in a separate ABP because if it was that's right, mixed yes. with other money, then it would be impossible to trace. So that means basically any death benefit that turns into a pension needs to sit in its own ABP so we always know that is a death benefit. That's right. Yes, we can't mix the two. So the key thing that comes out from this example is how when Jane inherited that reversionary pension, it immediately affected her total super balance. It didn't matter straight away because it didn't affect her ability to contribute until the following year. But really importantly, it was treated quite differently to the way we looked at John's pension from a transfer balance account perspective. So that pension from John didn't even touch her transfer balance account for 12 months but it did form part of her total super balance immediately. Welcome back. So when you receive a reversionary pension, your transfer balance account isn't hit with a credit until 12 months later, but your total superannuation balance doesn't get this extra buffer of time. In the next episode, episode 88, Meg will talk about the timing around converting a TRIS to retirement phase. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.